Today's Unseminary Resource is brought to you by Aware3. At Aware3, their goal is to help your church build connections using mobile technology. They help you extend church beyond Sunday mornings by putting it in the palm of everyone's hand. Learn more about how a custom mobile app can help you improve engagement, communication, and generosity at www.aware3.com. The number three dot com. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, uh, the host here, and I am honored that you would take some time out uh, to listen this week. Uh, you're going to love today's conversation. Uh, we've got Donnie Griggs from One Harbor Church in Moorhead City. Uh, this is going to be a great conversation. I, I hope you lean in and listen because there's going to be some really good stuff, some good takeaways here uh, for, for a lot of people that are listening in. So Donnie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about One Harbor Church. Give us a sense of, of your ministry. Sure. So uh, we planted One Harbor going on eight years ago nice. and uh, in Moorhead City, which is a tiny town, about 9,000 folks. Um, on the coast of North Carolina. It's actually where I was born and raised. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and so um, we planted there, and, you know, God just added, you know, tons and tons of people, and it grew pretty quick, and, and then um, we ended up going multi-site about three or four years ago. Um, started with one other location, now we're at two other locations, and we're about to start a third, um, you know, additional location. So um, we've kind of now just sort of stepped back and gone, man, if we want to effectively reach our region, hmm. we have to keep multiplying. So um, yeah, it's just, it's busy, it's crazy, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So we're good. Now, the thing I'm, I'm interested in kind of leaning in and hearing, um, you know, I think a lot of uh, thinking, a lot of kind of um, leadership comes out of, from church leaders that are in suburban areas or in, you know, urban context, large centers with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, I love that, you know, you started with, hey, you know, One Harbor Church is 9,000 people, Moorhead City is 9,000 is what you said? You know, so yeah, not a huge, not a huge community. Um, I'd love to hear about that. Let's talk about small towns. What is it like to reach out into a small town? You've obviously then multiplied. Let's let's dig into that. What what's been your conviction on that front? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think you have to start with like a theological conviction mm-hmm. um, that you know there's this big God who wants to reach the the whole world. He wants to do big things, and even if that's in a small place, he wants to do something big. I, I'm I'm so thankful for. The way that the urban, you know, centers, and, you know, have been really um, prioritized for gospel ministry and church mm-hmm. planning over the last decade or so. But um, I feel like maybe for some folks we overswung that pendulum and we really lost sight of the fact that you know everywhere needs the gospel, and so mm-hmm. that includes small towns. And so um, I, I really, you know, went into the church plant with a very small view of what God could do because I thought, hey, we're in a town of nine thousand people. I mean, what could possibly come out of this, you know? And um, and so I, I, it was, you know, shamefully, it was me, you know, as well, that was really taken aback along this, along this journey, just seeing, you know, God consistently bring, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of folks. Um, and, uh, and, and so along the way we started going, man, we, we've got to get like a, we ourselves have got to get a theological conviction, um, for the fact that God wants to reach this place that we're in. That's why mm-hmm. he's put a church here. And, um, and we've got to start thinking, you know, and taking this seriously. Um, so I, I think, you know, for myself and for other guys who may find themselves in, in small towns or rural areas, 
I think that's the first step is, is getting a real kind of theological conviction mm. for the fact that God wants to do something significant where you are. He, he wants to reach lost mm. people, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, I think there can be an allure. I think sometimes we, um, you know, could be driven by like bigger is better. And we think like, well, we just need to go to the biggest market. We can find the most number of people. Um, as opposed to saying, you know, there there are a lot of people that live in small towns, and you know, and, and we, they still are looking for, um, you know, thriving ministries, and obviously a thriving ministry like One Harbor uh, to reach out into that. What, what's been the, um, you know, give us kind of a bit of that story, the arc over those years as you've kind of planted out from like a size point of view and impact into the various campuses. That you know, what what does that look like? Yeah. So just kind of a brief storyline. Um, we grew from. And really started in a living room early nice. two thousand yeah, early two thousand nine. We moved into a gas station, which is, you know, super conventional, what most people do. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, is that a, a step up or a step backwards? I don't know. That's, that's a sideways know. step. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was it was fun though. We moved into a gas station, it was free. Uh so we were there for three or four months, ended up going to two services. It was it was pretty small. So we were, you know, within about six months we were at hundred and eighty folks and wow. We had to ask the, the, it was a fun season. We asked the wives to sit on their husband's laps because we were out of chairs. Oh, no. So okay. anyway, yeah. Um, there's not really a playbook for that. But no, um, exactly. <laughs> then we moved into like an old abandoned restaurant. And, um, and uh, you know, there's not, I think one of the things that small town guys will face is that, you know, you you don't have like tons and tons of buildings to pick from. So you have to right. get creative. So yeah. we were in an old abandoned restaurant and we put our kids in a in a, an abandoned hookah bar um, next oh, door, nice. um, which Smelt great. Yeah, Smelt like exactly. Raspberry. Um, and then, uh, and then from there, we moved into a building over in Moorhead, um, and and grew to three or four hundred folks. Um, and then from there, started multiplying. So That's we planted amazing. the first multi-site into uh, Beaufort, which is the next island over. Uh, it was twice voted the coolest small town in America, so it's a good place to start. Right. And um, uh, once they got to two services, after about a year or so, we. Um, Started working on the next location, which is in a town called Swansboro, mm-hmm. about 35 minutes away. And uh, within three weeks, they're at two services, and they're running about 350 on a Sunday. That's amazing. Um, and the town size is, you know, a couple thousand folks. It's a pretty significant, you know, portion of people. So, you know, Moorhead now, we're running 800 or so on a Sunday. Wow. But our town is only 9,000. So That's incredible. Um, you really feel like um, you're, you're making a sizable dent in the community. You know, Absolutely. you Absolutely. You feel like when you walk around, like everywhere you go, you, you can kind of feel, you know, the, the the way that God's using the church in the community and, and helping shape culture. And and um, and so anyway, I think that's one of the most exciting things about doing mm-hmm. ministry in a small town is mm-hmm. um, you really can make you, you can make an impact pretty quick, you know. Absolutely. And so. Yeah. Now, give me a sense of how, you know, obviously each of those communities have their own culture, you know, they have their own, there's something that makes them tick. How is it that you're, you know, kind of getting the pulse of that community to be able to, um, you know, to reach out into those, you know, various communities? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think um, small, so small towns, you know, there, it's a smaller contingency of people just by default. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like if you do ministry in an urban center, you know, you've got this just giant sort of, you know, variety uh, of all kinds of subcultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you could go into, you know, you go into a large city and you could just about do ministry, you know, however you wanted and you wouldn't you know necessarily make the biggest impact, but you could attract a small crowd mm. to a medium sized crowd because, you know, across a big city, there's at least a contingency of people who already agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge with doing ministry in a small town is, you know, th- those, th- that, that sort of 
um, that window of you know w- what you're what you're working with is so much smaller. Mm. You really have to get to know the culture and and find ways to do ministry that makes sense to um, the the sort of the narrow you mm-hmm. know uh, um, re- representation. Uh, and so for us, it's really just getting to know local people um, and spending lots of time you know figuring out what makes our town tick, mm. um, what are the real felt needs, what what are things people love and celebrate, what are things that they like they mourn. Um, and, and how can we do ministry in a way that, that makes sense to them, you know? And there's unchangeable things like the gospel and, and mm-hmm. so on and so on and so on. But there's a lot of ways that we do ministry that we found we can, we can change um, to, to, you know, make more sense here. And, you know, even just the way that our buildings look and feel. I mean, they feel um, very unique to the town they're in. You know, mm-hmm. the, the difference between our Moorhead building and our Beaufort building, they're only seven minutes away from each other. But the, the look and feel of them is drastically different because hmm. the two— the two towns are really different, you know, and right. so, um, so I think I think it's I don't I don't think that a, a church planner in a large city can afford to just do ministry however they want by any means. I, I do think if you're in a small town, your failure rate is going to go up if that's how you act. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's going to be mm-hmm. much higher. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because you've got to, is that because you know maybe in a larger context you can narrow cast the kind of cultural expression of your your church. And you, there would just be, frankly, more people, you know, and so you can find them. But obviously, when you're in a, a smaller community, the fact, like by percentage-wise, the fact that there's, you know, 800 people at your church in a, in a community of 9,000, I can't think of any church that has that. Like, that's a huge percentage of their, you know, of your community. Um, and so you've, you've had to kind of say, well, what's the kind of broadest cultural kind of, what, is, what, what unifies all of the, the, the people that are living here? And how do we kind of aim our programming towards that? Is that, you know, kind of what you understand? Yeah, I think yes and no. I think you've got to do church in a way that makes sense to like the rich and the poor, yep. the various like ethnic, you know, like you've got to try to do church in a way that at least makes it comfortable mm-hmm. uh, for the most amount of people possible. And so mm-hmm. we've kind of had to sort of walk a, a you know, a, a tight line there, you know, even with the facility going, hey, we want, you know, we want, we want as many people as possible in our town to come in and feel like comfortable to, mm-hmm. to some extent. But I would say the, uh, the other side of that is, you know, I think um, you've got to you've got to really target subculture, um, you know, subculture after subculture, sort of one at a time, mm-hmm. individually. You know, mm-hmm. like for me, I started with um, the surfing subculture in our town because, you know, I grew up. That's all I was good at. I was mm-hmm. never good at sport <laughs> with a ball. Um, you know, if I my, I've got two boys, if they grew up wanting to play football, they're gonna have to rent a dad. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about that, but. Um, but I was good at like stuff in the ocean, and so we planted the church. We we went after you know the surfing community, and just by the grace of God, you know those folks started getting saved and baptized, and you know coming on the leadership. And and now it feels like we really penetrated that subculture. And then I began to work with those guys who I met in the water and say, hey, you know, what is it you do for a living? How can you reach the people? And so I, I think I think there's a, there's sort of the broad strategy of how you do ministry on a Sunday, but I think it's also understanding that you've got to you've got to navigate the nuance of like different subcultures within mm-hmm. even a small town you know to reach everybody absolutely now there there definitely is a cultural trend towards you know people are leaving small towns and are moving to larger contexts that's just true right like there is um, you know that trend continues now there's an interesting thing and it, you're, you're the expert I'm not the expert on this but there's an interesting trend where there are people that are choosing to go the other way they're saying actually I would prefer to live in a smaller center um, for whatever reason, and, and in fact, I, I was just speaking with a guy who um, probably about two weeks ago who was on one of those like top CEO, you know, lists. He literally could live anywhere in the world. His company is, 
you know, they have locations in 26 countries. He's a pretty big, big guy. But he he basic he lives in a small center on purpose because he's like, listen, I can I can manage my entire company from an internet connection, and yeah, I, you know, I have meetings with people. I'll jump in the car and go and see offices or get on the plane and go somewhere. But I'm choosing to be in a small town. What is it about people? Um, and obviously, this is like super dangerous to ask a question like this. You know, what is it that you're seeing in that trend? Why are people making that choice? And then what is it that, how can the church kind of meet that culture? How does the church meet, you know, the, the group of people who are saying, you know what, I don't want to live in a, in a super large center. I want to choose to live in a small town. Yeah. So that's a, that's a broad question. Yes. Um, I'll take a swing at it. Yeah. I think, um, I think, I think what you brought up is, is probably the biggest changing factor is the internet. Yep. Um, I think a, a lot of, I mean, when I grew up in this town that I'm in now, um, you know, I, I went to high school. I graduated in '99, so mm-hmm. um, you know, I, we still felt like the internet was like this thing that may or may not stick around back then. You know, right. and um, <laughs> I didn't have an email address or anything like that. And 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 people just instinctively, you left. You either there was two groups of people. You either stayed and worked for your family's business, mm-hmm. um, or you left and went to college, knowing that you're, you're like hopefully never going to you know come back right. except for the holidays. You right. know. Because you know the jobs and the you know the like you know good restaurants and just you know good concerts and all the stuff was going to happen in big cities for us like Raleigh, Durham, yep. um, that sort of area. You know, um, whereas now with the internet, um, you know, really we're finding lots and lots of young professionals are staying here, moving back here um, because of that. They they can they can work from anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. um, and and also we're finding a lot of folks who. Um, you know, lived in Raleigh, you know, maybe they were an older generation like my parents' generation and they owned homes, you know, in, in, in Raleigh and that's where they lived because of business and they vacationed where I live. Mm. More and more of these folks are moving now that they, like, they can work from anywhere and um, they can live anywhere and, and they can live, you know, where they always like the vacation. And, and a lot of these guys are, you know, getting really excited about there now being a church here that's, you know, um, um, that they really enjoy. So we're finding more and more of those um, really high-end professional folks moving, um, moving here and living here permanently because you know they can do everything they need to do. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so I think I think that's really changed. Additionally, I think um, sort of the um, yeah, I don't know if it's like a, a I mean, I don't want to say like the hipster kind of thing, but I mean, we that vibe is really alive and well in small towns. Mm-hmm. That sort of authentic, you know, mm-hmm. local farmers market, folk music, lots of artisanal know. things. Yes, that sort of that 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 like that's become in vogue, yep. and um, and really that's I mean that's what small towns have always had. You know, there's right. always been a real genuineness, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I mean still to this day the chain restaurants really just come and go in, in our right. town. Because people don't go to them. People don't want to now. They want to eat at the local stuff, you know, and right. so. Um, now that that's becoming cool, I think it's becoming an attractional thing, you know, in a lot of small towns. Interesting. Now, uh, changing direction a little bit, uh, in one of the interesting kind of trends I would imagine in a in a smaller center is, um, or dynamics maybe in in a smaller center is, um, hey, if if something goes wrong, there's kind of the um, you know the the stereotype of like, hey, small towns, you know, news travels fast, right? It's like, hey, you know, if there's like the t- town gossip and all that stuff. But then the, the flip side of that, which I would imagine you're leveraging is, gosh, when when there's like something really positive happening at a church, people can find out really quickly and news spreads um, and kind of word yeah. gets around. Can you kind of give me a sense of those dynamics that you're experiencing? Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, you know, if so, and it, it's such a—I mean, it's it's such a dangerous 
and and helpful thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, there's lots of times, you know, surfing, for example, where, um, you know, someone is just, you know, consistently, you know, really being a jerk in the water and yep. the natural thing to do would be to kind of, you know, mouth off at them. I know if I do that one time, my entire town will know about it before <laughs> I get home and, you know, I'll just have to, you know, move and start over somewhere else. <laughs> Like I, there's there's no like I can't even write a bad review about a restaurant on TripAdvisor, right? Because because I'm sure it would get people would find out it was me, you know. Right. And so, um, sort of that that way of like living that you can sort of get away with. I I, mean, I lived in Los Angeles for a while, and you could kind of get away with you know maybe treating maybe you shouldn't, but you can get away with treating people a certain way. You just can't do that in a small town because mm-hmm. um, it'll ruin your reputation overnight. Um, but on the flip side, like you're you're right. If you can if you can leverage that. The word of mouth thing is powerful, mm-hmm. um, and and you know that has really been the thing. You know, I, I liken it to, um, you know, the the woman at the well. You know, where Jesus meets this woman, and she goes and she tells this, she tells all these people who knew her really well, and they go, "Man, we, you know, we want to come see for ourselves because we know you, we know who you really mm-hmm. are." I think mm-hmm. in a small town, everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. by and large. Mm-hmm. And when you know our, our second week, the church met. I'll give you an example. Um, a guy showed up, said he had 10 minutes and he was, you know, he had to leave. And I was like, well, it's church. It's going to take longer than that, you know? And <laughs> he stayed the whole time and um, he, he kept coming back. He kept coming back. He kept coming back. And a few weeks after he, uh, he, he came over one time, he, he showed up at my house and he said, hey, he said, you know, do you want to know where I had to be that day where I said I had 10 minutes? I said, yeah, sure. And he said, well, I was, I was on my way to kill myself. Um, he oh said, I'd been goodness. a heroin addict. Yeah, he said, I'd been a heroin addict. And uh, they told me if I got clean, I'd be I'd be happy. And I've been clean for five years, and I'm still miserable. And so he's like, I was on my way to kill myself. And um, wow. this was the second the second week we we were we were meeting. He said I was driving, and I drove past the house where somebody said a church had started. And I thought I'll pop and I'll give him ten minutes. Um, now that guy is married, he's clean, he's got a job, wow. he's in our he's in our eldership development program. I think he's going to end up planting a church. Um, but he went and told everybody he knew, and he I mean he drugged you know he just he dragged people every single Sunday. He'd pick up hitchhikers. Hmm. He'd call, you know, he'd call drug addicts he knew and tell them that he had work for them, and then you know, bring them to church. And so he had to work through the, you know, the ethics of that. And um, he <laughs> just, he, he, you know, that kind of thing can happen. I think in a small town and really work in your benefit. You know, interesting, huh? That's really cool. Now you've pulled together a book, Small Town Jesus. Um, I'd love to hear about that. Tell us about, you know, why did you write that book? What motivated you? What do, why are you, what are you hoping people will, uh, you know, will benefit from that? Sure. So, um, wrote the book really because I couldn't find anything that, um, it was hard to find resources that I think really, um, helped explain the, the, the rationale, the why behind we should, you know, why we mm-hmm. should do ministry in small towns mm-hmm. and really started to look at how we should do that, how we should plant churches, how we should revitalize churches mm-hmm. um, in small towns. I felt like um, there were some books that had taken a stab at that, but they were, they were kind of dated or, or for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, so I wanted to try to do something um, that, you know, helped um, inspire, you know, a generation of, of guys to do, to mm-hmm. do ministry in small towns in a way that was really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take the first half of the book and really address the, the why. So that's theologically why, you know, looking at, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, he's from a small town. He sends mm-hmm. his disciples to small towns. I mean, really looking at the theological, um, you know, emphasis for it. Um, then really, you know, there's a, a, a real so- a sociological reason as well. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people still have a very sort of, um, um, 
sort of euphoric kind of stereotypical view of small towns that, that feels like Mayberry, mm. you know, like from Andy Griffith's show. Where like, <laughs> right. you know, like there's no crime. Everyone's doing great. Fresh pies all the time. When really like the modern small town, you know, in America at least is their hubs for, you know, human trafficking, their, you know, meth labs. I mean, this, mm. this is where a lot of really bad crime is happening in, in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, sort of just kind of just so spelling out all those rationales, you know, 33 mm. You know, 33.7 million people, you know, live in towns under 25,000 people in wow. America. You know, wow. how, how do we reach those guys? And so mm-hmm. the second half of the book then kind of deals with the how-to. And so that's stuff that we've talked about, like being a good local. It's, you know, doing ministry in a way that makes sense. It's, you know, it's understanding small town mentalities. It's confronting things like racism and these mm-hmm. age-old just, you know, really just anti-gospel um, um, issues that, you know, small towns just seem to harbor. Um and then, and then at the end, even like talking through, you know, something that's really helped me is working with churches who are leading, you know, in, in big cities and learning what we can and reformatting and partnering together. And, um, and so just how, how to kind of, how, how to do that, how to learn from, you know, and, and partner with churches that are in mm-hmm. much larger context and, you know, how, to, how we can serve each other. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the emphasis for the book. Very cool. Well, I'd encourage people to pick up a copy of that. And, and I actually just ordered it this morning when I was doing a little research. I'm like, this looks great. So I'm, I look forward to reading through it. So, um, you know, really appreciate that. Anything else you want to share before we jump on uh, to the rest of the episode? Yeah. Um, so, man, I'm, I'm just, I want to say again how thankful I am for this opportunity. And no we're going to continue. I feel like we're at the, the beginning stages of trying to help um, with, you know, revitalization in small towns and church planning in small towns. So um, I've got a, a website, um, smalltownjesus.com. We've got a blog on there. And um, we're just, we're, we're going to really try to um, work together and collaborate with other pastors around the country and, and hopefully just continue to resource guys. So um, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I just say check it out. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Super honored to have Donnie Griggs with us today from One Harbor Church. This has been a great conversation uh, today. Uh, Donnie, what's an online resource that you're using these days that's helping you out? Man, I'm the worst of this stuff. Um, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say. It's it's actually, uh, my, my staff is trying to get me to learn Google Docs. So, nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty bad at all this. So. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good place to start. That's good. Nice little collaboration. Good. Yeah. What's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year that's that's shaping your thinking or ministry? Yeah. Um, so The Mission of God by mm. Christopher Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, man, so I, I'm a kind of a missions junkie. Mm-hmm. I've always loved studying missiology and studying uh, missionaries. And, um, and and this is, it's, it's, I'm on this journey to keep kind of backing up and and trying to, you know, see the forest and the trees. And I think mm. what he's done in the book is really um, helping. He's helping do that. He's helping us catch a glimpse of this grand narrative. Um, mm. and it's, it's God's mission and and how that, you know, works with this on the ground stuff that we're talking about, like in cities mm. and small towns. And mm. um, so anyway, it's been really good. Mm. Very cool. Um, what's another ministry that, that you're looking at that kind of inspires you these days? Yeah. So um, um, actually, it's a it's another church that I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, it's a church called Frontline. Okay. Um, that's uh, based in Oklahoma City and they're multi-site church. And um, anyway, they're just doing a phenomenal job of engaging uh, culture. I, I, there's a military phrase, uh, you know, run to the sound of the guns, where it's, mm. you know, they're instructing soldiers to, to run to where the conflict is, not away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as a church planner, you know, it's, we're, it's it's instinctive for us, it feels like, to run away from conflict, kind of put our heads in the sand. Mm. I think Frontline is just this church that's doing a phenomenal job of running to running to the tensions in their city and, mm. and, and applying the gospel well and loving the city and 
um, the fruit has just been phenomenal. So we we have just learned a ton from them. Really have. Very cool. Uh, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, who would you want to get that with and why? Yeah, Tim Keller, hands down. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so for me, um, what this guy has done to envision a generation of pastors uh, and church planners to engage cities is mm-hmm. what, I, what I hope to be a part of mm-hmm. uh, for small towns. And mm-hmm. so I would, I'd love to just... Yeah, I'd love to spend time with them talking about that. That's funny. For folks that are listening in, um, we actually send these questions out ahead of time so we can go back and forth so we're all prepped. And, or, and I, But I normally don't look at that. I go read through everything else. And as you were speaking and as I was reading your stuff, I'm like, man, this guy's like the Tim Keller of small town church guy. So uh, when I read that, I was like, yeah, of course, that's a good, you know, a logical uh, person that you'd want to connect with for sure. Um, all right. Well, one last question. I know leading uh, in any location, any size town takes a lot out of you and you need to just, you know, kick back sometimes and relax. What do you do for fun? What do you do to just, you know, relax a little bit? So anything surfing, salt- I know surfing yeah. that would, that came up for sure. Yeah. Anything in salt water, man. I told my <laughs> wife on our honeymoon, if I could ask God for anything, it would be gills. So <laughs> I, um, nice. So we have a lot of great spear fishing and wreck diving here. So oh, nice. uh, that's my favorite thing to do. But you know, when it gets cold, we hunt a lot. I like to take my boys and do that. And um, the family, we have a boat, so we're we're always on the boat almost every night. We're out last night. Not nice. trying to make anybody with, who doesn't have a boat jealous, but um, yeah, come visit us. We but live there in a pretty awesome no, place. No need to be jealous. You could move to a small town too with water. There you go. Fine. You could. <laughs> that's great. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today, Donnie. This has been a great conversation. Uh, Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you being here today. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>